Hey guys, I am super excited to be back and recording another episode. I was looking and it's been all the way since September of 2019. I've missed you guys, had a baby in between here, and guess what? I have a brand new addition to the podcast that I am so excited to introduce you to. My lovely friend, Ashley Grant. Hi guys, I'm super excited to be here with you and thanks for having me. Excellent. So guys, me and Ashley have known each other since we were so little. I used to tap dance and ironically we were at the same dance studio, which is too funny. But we crossed paths at that point of our life and then went to different elementary schools and then ended up at the same high school. And the super funny part is we actually lived like very parallel lives, like doing a lot of the same things, kind of very similar in personality, um, but didn't really intersect again until university years. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think how many times we have actually had the opportunity to cross paths and be best friends. And here we are, divine timing a million years later as we both kind of step into who we are to really see that shine through and the similarities, the the ahas, the me too's um, that come through with that, I think is just really exciting, but also pretty neat to look back and see all those little places that we could have started this journey, but here we are now. Yeah, for sure. And guys, just a funny tangent to tell you guys about is we actually, you know how you get nominated for something in high school? We both got nominated for the loudest person in our <laughs> high school, which is so funny. But anyways, I won, but. Yeah, and here we are, right? Uh, two loud, happy, vibrant girls. And yeah, that's it's funny to see that um, place of beginning and yet, here we are. And it's funny to me because the interesting part is we always talk about this, but it's almost like we're too much for most people. Oh, what? In a place where they're like, oh man, you vibrate at a frequency <laughs> that I cannot tolerate. 100%. We were talking about this just the other day about how being loud or um, that tone it down. And one of the things that came up in the group that I was chatting with about I just said, no, you need to tone it up, bitch. Like that was, <laughs> I am not bringing myself down. If you want to be where I am, you're coming up. Totally. And so I think that's really neat. And one of my personal mantras is be loud and take up space. We are here to live this journey and no part of us should ever be simmered down or toned down or notched down because we're here to be up. Totally. Totally. Now, would you say that you've always been up, Ashley, or where did you begin in terms of where you're at now and maybe where you were, let's say, 10 years ago? No, I would not say that I have always been up. I have had ups and downs for sure. One of my major, I guess I'm going to start my story, when Felix, my oldest son, who is now five, when he was born. And even throughout that pregnancy, I was in a really low, dark place as far as anxiety, as far as OCD, as far as stress. And it was a debilitating type of anxiety, not just your regular, oh, I feel anxious today. It was a new kind of, oh my God, I have never been in this place before and I don't know that I'm going to be okay. And so that was a really big low for me. And then it shifted as I started to do more things for me, for my purpose. And it began with taking on and beginning 
my business, which is Soul Purpose Reiki. And that was really the starting point of me really moving up and doing it consciously. Prior to that, when I talk about ups and downs, there were times when I was vibrating really high, but I, it just was based on life circumstance. Now, being in that high, loud vibration is a choice. It's conscious. I choose it, and I choose it every single day, and that's where I think one of the big differences, we often just let life happen at us, and when good things are happening at us, we vibrate pretty good. We're higher. We're feeling happy. But when life throws us things that we don't feel so happy or good about, that vibration comes down, right? And so the shift for me that really came about in the last five years was it doesn't matter what is happening at me. I can approach life from a place of bliss. I can choose happy in every single moment. I can vibrate high and it's in the things that I say, think, do, write. And that's that's the, been the biggest shift, I would say, is doing it unconsciously, like many people do, and shifting it to a conscious effort, a choice. Interesting. And it's interesting how you reached out to me when we intersected however many years ago, because Ashley actually sent me a message on Facebook. Well, yes, we knew each other in some capacity going through the crossings of paths, but she messaged me looking at the way that I was posting on Facebook and was like, girl, you look so happy. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) How do I get to be happy like you? And similar to Ashley, I went through a weight loss transformation and have really stepped into my own and who I was. And I thought to myself, man, life is fucking awesome, but you have to choose it. You have to choose the things that bring you joy. You have to choose the perspective to laugh at the mistakes that you make. You have to Mm -hmm. just embrace the catastrophes that are happening in your life and be like, that's fucking hilarious versus, oh my God, my day is totally ruined. And that's all perspective. And so I think in choosing to vibrate high, it's like looking at the things that are happening around us and choosing my perspective, no matter what, is always going to be like life is happening for me versus to me. And having right. that shift of perspective is like, this is an interesting learning perspective. This is an interesting situation that's crossing my path. How can I take what seems like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to make through make it through this. How can I take this situation and go, ah, universe, You're kind of fucking funny. She is. She is such a tricky, funny, good, but she's a bit of a bitch. She's ironic as fuck. Like the way that she shows up is usually after you've let it go. Mm -hmm. Once you've accepted the place that you're in, you show up in gratitude. And then she's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's this thing you wanted for so long. And we're grasping at now that you're no longer grasping. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So you talked about a little bit of a dark time there. You started doing Reiki. Mm-hmm. How did you know that Reiki was what you needed to do and essentially leave your very secure, safe teaching career to now go all into healing people through the energy work that you do? I love that you asked that, Ange, because it was not something that I knew I was going to do. It was more in that I knew what I couldn't continue to do, Mm. right? So many of us look at life and go, well, if I didn't do this, what would I do? 
you don't have to know the details. You don't have to know the next 27 steps. I knew after Felix was born, the place that I was in, I turned to my husband and I said, Cam, I can't go back to teaching. And he just looked at me, shrugged his shoulders and said, okay, cool. And that pit, that concrete ball in my stomach evaporated. And that's when I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was making the right choice. All of the weight that was lifted from my shoulders, the way that I went about even just the rest of that day, that shift. So it wasn't, I didn't think, oh, I'm quitting teaching so I can be a Reiki master. I just knew what I couldn't keep doing. And so many of us show up in life doing things we don't want to do. And it gets to a point where we can't do them anymore. And so that's, that was a huge piece of my transformation was knowing I could not do this other thing, not, oh, I must do this other thing. When we do that, when we stop doing what no longer feeds our soul, that's when the universe shows up with what your purpose, your passion is. I had no idea, even at that point, really, what the ins and outs of Reiki were. But the, when it sh showed up, I was like, yes. And I didn't have that cloudiness of that thing that I was doing that I shouldn't be doing. I created a clear space for that opportunity when it was there. Is that almost the perspective of once we clear the space and you're in that, I'm now ready to receive, mm -hmm. whether that's abundance or essentially manifest the life that you've always desired, you have to clear space for it, right? Like you have to make the room. It's not going to just be be there and show up until you've cleared the junk or learned the lesson or prepared yourself to really be ready for that next level, that next piece that you're supposed to be going into, right? 100%. It Clearing space. If you think about getting a new couch, first you need to get rid of the old couch. You're not going to have that crappy old couch in your house while you bring in this new one. You need to clear that space, prepare it. And it starts by letting go of the things that do not light us up, that do not feed our soul. And so, again, it doesn't come down to, I, kn I knew I had to do this. That shows up after we clear the space of, I can't do this thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then wild trust and wild faith and being. As soon as I wasn't teaching anymore, I wasn't thinking, oh my goodness, so what am I going to do? I allowed myself to sit in that space. I allowed that creative process to begin and be there and just show up with it, right? So it's once you let go, it's also the, the trust that you've done the right thing. Mm -hmm. So after you started dabbling in Reiki and you then transitioned into, okay, I'm going all in and I'm doing this full force, how did you know that... If it weren't to play out the way that you were wanting it to play out in your mind, how did you know that everything was still going to be okay? I love that question because so many of us are fearful moving into something we have not done before. But when, and we have talked about this just in that what is the worst that could happen? Totally. And the worst that could have happened was I stay exactly where I was. If I don't, if I completely fail at this, if I completely fuck it up, if I 
ruin it. I'm still going to be a girl who's not teaching and sitting at home with her babies. I'm doing that now, right? Like, yeah. So taking that risk, taking that leap, it feels so big. It feels so scary because what if I fail? If you fail, most oftentimes you land exactly where you are already. Mm-hmm. And often the worst case scenario, even if you think about, okay, yeah, the worst case scenario may play out. Most of the time, it lands in the middle, mm-hmm. or it's way fucking better than what you could have ever imagined. Like, even this, right here, <laughs> us recording, as best friends, we were walking up to record this episode in uh, Ashley's beautiful bunkie on her amazing property, and I'm like, fuck. How is this How life? is this? This is better. It's so much better. Absolutely. So, I kind of have to tell you guys a story. So, when would that have been? It would have been, I guess... January of 2019. Okay. Me, Ashley, and some girlfriends, we always do this thing in January where we have a girls weekend, we talk about our goals, we figure out a word for the year, we do all those things and we were there and Ashley was very much playing small and very much like we had both had babies. She had her baby a little a couple months before me but I was like, fuck, you need to do this full force, mm-hmm. all in, Balls to the wall because you are playing so small. And I feel like as much as that was scary for me to tell her, although she's my best friend, I was like, oh, she's probably going to think I'm a bitch or maybe she doesn't even want to go <laughs> in that direction. But what did that calling out do for you, Ashley? It made me come into action of something I was hiding behind. So I, like I said, five years ago was when Reiki started to light up my world. But I also have a five-year-old, I have a three-year-old, I now have a one-and-a-half-year-old, right? So I was, I was hiding behind my kids. And mm-hmm. it was so important that you called me out. And that's part of our relationship. We, we show up for each other in every way possible. But when I see you not doing what your soul should be doing, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And so when you did that, I knew it came from a place of love. I felt safe in it. I knew I could battle back if I needed to. But it was just this... Complete unraveling of the soul when you said that because you saw inside what I was trying to hide. And I was like, damn it, I know you are right and I must and how do I even begin? And a lot of it came down to the shedding of the guilt. I very much was hiding behind my kids and going, you know, when when they're in school, when they're in school, I'll do me. When they're in school, I'll do this. When they're and and said you cannot put your life on hold for the next five years until Coralie is in school. And it was a realization that she was absolutely right. I'm telling people to do things that light them up. I'm saying get outside your comfort zone and try and risk. And here I was sitting back, afraid to fail, afraid to take time from my kids. And there was one day Coralie was four months old at this time and very much a baby nursing, needing her mommy. And I was sitting on the floor with her in front of the fireplace. And I was thinking about all the things that still needed to happen. I was very unpresent in that moment. And it dawned on me that I love my children. I adore them. They're incredible little people. But sitting there in that moment, I felt drained. I felt exhausted and I did not feel lit up. And I went, oh my gosh, this is not how I feel when I leave the bunkie. 
I'm recharged, I'm energized, I'm doing what my soul is meant to do. And that's when I realized that, yes, being a parent is part of what I'm to do, but that charged up, lit up, oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this feeling was not shining through. And it's funny because now that I have stepped into balls to the wall, we're doing this full force, I come home, I I come down from the bunkie, and I am that mom. I am present. I am there. I want to play on the floor with them versus laying there thinking, oh my God, I have a million loads of laundry and I haven't started supper and I should scrub the floor for the first time in three months. I don't like all of those things that were in my brain are not in my brain because you pushed me into stepping into my soul's purpose. And isn't it so fascinating how just that recharging, it can literally be 15 minutes of alone time a day, 30 minutes of alone time, whatever the fuck that (laughs) is. You are a totally different person if you just take that small amount of time, but you have to be your biggest advocate, whether that's telling your partner, yo man, I need 15 minutes, I need 30 minutes, I need two hours, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. and stepping into it and telling your partner, explaining it to your kids, man, I love you guys, I can't wait to see you guys two hours from now or whatever that's looking like, and then going and doing you, and I really think coexisting of those two things, being a rock star mom and being a rock star Reiki practitioner or whatever it is that you're doing as your career, they can coexist. I think it's just you taking inventory on this is where I am right now. This is what I need to dump. This is what I need Mm -hmm. to fucking throw into the trash for me to live the life that I want to. And are you really ready to take radical responsibility for every fucking part of your happiness? If you're not, then maybe like... Your life isn't going to be where you want it to be. But if you will take that kind of responsibility, it's like, if you're not happy, yeah, it is your own fault. And it is your responsibility and your choice to change it. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of, regardless of where every single one of us is at right now, we can change it. Totally. And that's, I think, the power that comes through in all of our lives is that we are not stuck. We are not static. We do not have to stay where we are in any one point in time. And it all comes down to that radical responsibility for your own life Mm -hmm. and choosing it and making it happen. Right. And so when you pushed that one weekend over a year ago, when you pushed that button, it was like an explosion went off and I knew that was that was the change beginning. Mm-hmm. So you made a change in terms of stepping into the business piece, but let's mm-hmm. also talk about the health piece. Okay. So Ashley, okay. <laughs> January of 2019 was also suffering with some symptoms. I'll let her expand on that. But she also went through an, another really powerful transformation in 2019 that I'd love for you to share with everybody in terms of where you were symptom-wise, what it is that you had to change, and what it is that or where it is that you are right now. Absolutely. And that ties, it completely ties into the radical responsibility. So this weekend, that girl's weekend was a really big weekend for me. (laughs) I actually, I actually, it's funny because I think about Saturday. I was puking all day Saturday. Yes. And I got my period for the first time. (laughs) Right? So that was also like 
Oh my God. We did like a moon ceremony and then, yeah, I ended up puking and also bleeding at the same time. Cause my, and the I was toxins like, are like literally pouring out of you. And I didn't have any, we had to go to the small little, uh, what's it called? Convenience store down the road. <laughs> I was like, can you guys go get me some tampons or pads? You came back with like the biggest maxi pads. And yes, my body was just like, okay, okay. But yeah, that was the day that we ended, I ended up telling you that. But I think back to how powerful that weekend was like. For everything, for our minds, for our bodies, for just changing the entire trajectory of 2019, right? Absolutely. And so, okay, so symptom-wise, I was physically in a place of extreme discomfort. I had been having chronic yeast infections for, oh gosh, all through my pregnancy with Coralie. Um, So... I would say six months of that anyways, the last six months of that pregnancy. And then at this point, she was maybe six months old. So about a year of chronic yeast infections, like two a month kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex was really painful. Even the idea of it just sounded like, no, we're not even going there. Um, And so in conversation with Ange, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I don't know. And she said, we can change that. And I was like, okay, what do I have to do? And she told me, it's going to be hard. Are you in? And I said, absolutely. If you tell me I can only drink water for the next 30 days, that's what I will do. And so Ange put me on a really regimented candida diet. There was maybe 25 items that I could eat for 30 days. And... We just had to get rid of all of that yeast that overgrowth. Sugar, for sure. It was to so, kill it completely. To, kill it. And, to, to yes. completely eradicate it from my body. I know yes. that typically when you are doing programming, that's not the, the approach. Um, but for this physical that. symptom, I literally needed every single bit of sugar in my system to be dead and gone. And so for 30 days, I did not stray. I stayed on that. And it was, I have never had that kind of, passion or courage or way of showing up I just it was it was a no-go zone my mom would make peas for supper and I'm like I can't eat peas she's like why and I'd explain it totally open authentic share, sharing and showing up and she's like oh so people around me when I started to be brutally honest about it understood but it was it was challenging but it was a choice so choosing that shift for 30 days and we did it. That oh, killed right. it. That was that was the end of it. That was the, the the end. And so at that point, I had lost 16 pounds in 30 days. I had lost 16 pounds, and it was not even at the beginning. It was not even about weight loss. Mm-hmm. And so you said to me, "So the 30 days is up. What do you want to do?" And I said, "Well, I'm really enjoying the side effects of this whole program, but I don't think it's sustainable." Mm-hmm. And so we we talked about reintegrating slowly different things coming back in and we did that and then it was again it kind of hit a plateau about a month later and I said I'm not noticing a shift in my body the way that I had and I'm really enjoying the way my clothes feel the way I can move with my kids the energy I have and so she said do you want to include movement and I said yes yes so we started adding the exercise component and by July, I was down, and still am, that's where I'm maintaining, but down 35 pounds. I kind of toggle between the kind of 35 to 40 mark, but that's because I lead a flexible lifestyle. Last night, we had um, pizza and beer. 
Awesome. And it was fantastic. There was not an ounce of guilt that I felt enjoying that in my house with my family because that has to be a part of my lifestyle too, but not at the expense of my health. And that was what was happening with those chronic yeast infections. So that radical responsibility came into play with my health, with my happiness. And sometimes it means doing what feels uncomfortable to be way more comfortable. I don't have to live 40 pounds overweight. I don't, but I have to do the things. I have to be the person who does things that don't contribute to that lifestyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's also just acknowledging most of the time you make the choice that is in alignment with health, in alignment with movement, in alignment with for me to be the best mom, the best business owner, mm -hmm. the best everything, I need to make these choices. Yep. But 10 to 20% of the time, I also know that I want to choose joy. I want yes. to participate. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and be watching everybody else eating pizza and being like, oh, I can't eat pizza. So I think it's right. just making a decision about how much of your life are you willing to give up. So right now, maybe... 90% of your diet isn't really the best. It's just shifting that percent for, um, percentage. Yes, you had the initial time where you were doing a candida protocol. But since that, I think so many of the choices that you've had to make, Ashley, have been like, okay, where is that percentage going to go for me? Mm -hmm. This week, okay, you know what? We're having a vacation with my family. So I, I'm still going to go for a run because I know that, like, A, I'm going to feel like a really great mom and mm -hmm. feel fantastic if I prioritize that yep. on this week so it's not like okay these days are write-offs it's just like okay where's the distribution going to be for movement and food choices in a way that is in support of the way that you want to maintain your body and maintain your clarity and maintain everything that you're rocking right now and that's that's exactly what it is and it is that shift in mindset of like to me there is no bad food mm -hmm. or when when I hear people say oh I was really bad this weekend Eating like does not. Shame, right? Yes, that food creates a sense of shame is not okay. I agree. Food nourishes our body, and we need it. Mm -hmm. And it, we are not here to gain and lose mm -hmm. the same amount of weight back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We are here to live vibrant, and for me, that means I live it in my best body too. Totally. Without the shame, without the guilt, without the over obsession of food. And I was telling you this, so I've lost 35 pounds and I've been struggling to try and rock that last five or 10 pounds, just like, get it gone, get it gone, get it gone. And I just, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, you know what, girl, you are wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. Settle in to where you are. This is where you want to be, like your past, where you set that goal relax into it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the pizza. Totally. Have the beer on Fridays, right? And so I think that's really important too is when we think about that 100%, we spend so much time on that last 10 to 20. Mm -hmm. When we're already there, when we already hit 80, that's that's in my world the new 100. Mm -hmm. Don't totally. that's an A. You've got an A. So Correct. focus that energy on the next thing. Mm -hmm. Take that 10 to 20% of energy that you're overusing and put it into your next big thing.
totally, totally. And even if we look on your last segment of your transformation, how much your body has changed by gaining muscle, mm -hmm. I can't believe how much even your stomach has changed mm -hmm. after three babies. Mm -hmm. This is fucking unreal. I have fucking abdominals and obliques, girl. Totally. <laughs> I mean, you're, oh, working yeah. you're working hard for them, but there's also a piece of that that has to be like, okay, yeah, maybe the scale weight's a little bit higher. Right. But you look better. You've gained some muscle. You're yeah. getting more definition. You're feeling fabulous. I mean, you're feeling hot during sex. Such a big thing. <laughs> and I'm having sex because I don't, don't have, have yeast infections. <laughs> totally right. So yeah. it's like, oh my goodness. I think it's. I think that's such a hard place for people to be. Of like, they won't take pictures with <sighs> their kids that because they're like, it does. There's going to be no pictures of you and your kids because you want to lose weight and you want to look better and feel better. And I think so often, yeah, it's radical responsibility, but I think the other piece is working with people that you trust. The reason mm. why you were like, yeah, girl, okay, whatever you say, aye, aye, sir, whatever. I trust you. I trust you. And as long as you're working with somebody that you trust, that you know is going to help guide that piece, I think mm -hmm. then it's like, here you go. Here's all of me. Yeah. The vulnerable pieces of me, the pieces of me that aren't really sure, like any other time I've tried to diet, this has ended badly. It's stepping into that and being like, I trust you and knowing that it's a safe place to land. And that's absolutely correct. And that accountability piece was so important. Mm -hmm. I needed, I, I wasn't letting you down. This was something you were doing for me. I'm showing the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think recognizing that we need to do that for ourselves too. I was choosing it and I didn't want to let you down, but I also didn't want to let me down for the one billionth time that I have yo-yo dieted or I've tried this or I've tried that or that stupid cabbage soup diet. Oh my God. Like I have done all of those stupid things. Um, and it was exactly that showing up with that trust, showing up with that accountability. If you say this, I'm going to do it because I love you, I trust you. And I think that's one of the things that makes you different in what you do is the love that you have for your clients, the love that you have for their change, that empowerment, the way that you see and help women to shift into their best selves is really fucking beautiful. And I love that that's one of the intersections that we have for our purpose here on this earth is that you and I both have a very similar purpose and we're approaching it from an angle a little bit differently. Different angles, same purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which kind of leads into a piece that I know we want to talk about in next week's episode, but I would say that you very much focus on two specific areas and then I kind of focus on two specific areas. So do you mm -hmm. want to tell them those areas that you specifically focus on? Yes. Um, so I very much focus on the spiritual and emotional, and it bleeds a little bit into that um, mental, physical space as well. But when people show up here at Soul Purpose, the, the spiritual, the emotional connection and the way that shows up, shows up in the body is really where the impact and the shift happens um, here in the bunkie during a Reiki treatment is those two major kind of pieces. Mm -hmm. And then on my side of things, I think there is the physical and the mental that I would say I primarily focus in. Um, so really it's the nutrition piece. It's the exercise piece, mm -hmm. but what we've really acknowledged from our intersection, mm -hmm. you I, like 
a year ago, you were really needing that piece, that challenge sure. in terms of nutrition and exercise. And for me and where I was at that place, I didn't realize <laughs> that I was an emotional fucking disaster. <laughs> but I was an emotional disaster who had had these walls built up so hard, this tough exterior. Mm-hmm. And whether it was COVID or just everything that played out for last year, there was so much of me that needed to dive into the emotional and spiritual side to really take me to the levels that I'm at right now. But there was so much healing once Mm -hmm. I was ready to break down those walls. And that's where Ashley has been such a massive help for me in relation to that. So this is going to be my first time kind of diving into this, talking about this with any of you guys or with anybody else really other than our close knit um, place. I came to Ashley for a couple of Reiki sessions. We kind of dabbled because mm-hmm. I was trying to get pregnant with my old, uh, youngest son, Sullivan, and Ashley worked on me, and she got to a place, um, what would that chakra be where the... Sacral. The, my sacral chakra, and she was like, oh, girl, there's a lot of, like, trauma there. Like, I think you maybe described it as sexual trauma, or... It was, it, so the sacral chakra is sexuality, creativity, um, that cloudy, yucky, there was sludge is yeah. the way that it showed up in that chakra. I didn't know if it was sexual. I didn't know if it was abuse. I didn't know if it was, but there was something from your past that was making it difficult for you to conceive. And it was because of the sludge, the grime, the the pain that was sitting there. And so we actually used one of the crystals here in the Banki um, to help clear that. But the Reiki really was the focus on clearing that out, cleaning it up, getting so that chakra could flow again and move in that space the way that it was meant to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but at that point, I don't know if I was like a believer. I was like, oh yeah, she's done this thing. But I've also been taking supplements in relation to getting my period back and then had been working with a few different practitioners. So it's like, oh, it's probably the combination of everybody collectively. So kind of just pushed that aside, had Sully, and I don't remember the first time I had a panic attack, but... Sometime in 2019, I had a panic attack where I was, like, vibrating. I don't know. Well, maybe it was an anxiety attack. I don't know. I was vibrating, and I was, like, hiding in a corner, Mm -hmm. just sobbing my face off. And Mm -hmm. I could not explain in Mm -hmm. any way, shape, or form why I was breaking down to the place. I couldn't even put it into words. I was, like, my entire body, my entire self is breaking. There's something Mm -hmm. here that I need to address. Um, But at the time, I didn't really totally know what it was. Now, in the rabbit hole of what kind of um, happened throughout 2019, I was in a place of like, I don't know, I feel like I need to revisit this. Mm -hmm. And it kind of connects back to one of my sisters when I was younger. So I have a half sister. One of my sisters when I was younger She's 10 years older. So she essentially explained that there had been sexual abuse that had happened. And when she kind of told me that, it was like, oh, but you're kind of a druggie and you're a little bit wacky tobacky. And it was kind of like you just, I just brushed it aside. Mm -hmm. But what was coming up for me was like, fuck, girl, you don't remember your childhood. Mm -hmm. Whenever anybody would ask me, like, what happened in your childhood? I'm like, oh, I don't remember. And to have that piece of me 
be so gone. Or people would say, like, I'd, like look at a picture of yourself. What was that girl feeling in that picture? I'd be like, I don't know. And so it was like this whole part of my life mm-hmm. that had locked out. Mm-hmm. I lost weight, and then I just skyrocketed business-wise and then completely tried to erase mm-hmm. this part of me that was unhealed and really, like, training, doing bodybuilding, just pushing so mm-hmm. hard with goals was really just a way to run away from the healing that I essentially needed to mm-hmm. to make. So after having a few of those attacks, then I don't remember if I messaged you about it or if I told Jamie first how that transpired. Do you remember? So one of the first things that happened or one of the first conversations I remember was we were talking in a vehicle. Oh yeah, and outside of my new, outside of our new house. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. you were talking about counseling, and with COVID, you couldn't see each other or something. We were doing time. virtual counseling. Yeah. I was trying and to she do was, it through virtual counseling. Yeah, and she was trying to get you to remember things. And yes, I remember. I forgot about that part. Of yeah. The story. yeah, yeah. And I remember talking to you and saying, "You don't have to." So talk therapy is beautiful. It's wonderful. You're using the throat chakra to heal. But for people who don't remember things. How do you talk about a thing you don't remember? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the beauties of Reiki is you don't need to know every single bit about the trauma. You don't have to relive it. You don't have to go back. You don't have to talk about it. It can be there and we can release it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's when we kind of talked about, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this. Like, I don't even know what what it is. So how do I talk about it? And so that was kind of a roadblock oh, yeah. that I saw for you. Mm-hmm. And then... At New Year's this past year, you were, we were on my couch. Yeah. And you hit another wall. And I was literally, if you're okay with me sharing yeah, this, you can share. I was literally holding Ange like a baby in my arms and saying, I know how we can fix this. I know how we can do this. And that's when we shifted into, you were like, okay, girl, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. In that same like trust, that same anything you say right now. I'm going to cling to, I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you came for your Reiki treatment that time, you were here wide open, totally in, heal me, fix this. And me too. Yeah, totally. So I think the interesting part from that middle segment too was I couldn't cope with life. Like mm-hmm. the triggers that were showing up, like at my oldest son's birthday, I had to cry in the bathroom. Like, who are you? Why are you <laughs> crying right now? And that's, and it's not me, but that's what happens if you don't address, mm-hmm. this is showing up. This needs to be healed. Yes. If you don't heal this thing, if you don't fix this thing, she's just going to keep on showing up, right? It's going to keep on coming. And it's going to get worse. Totally. If you don't address it, it's going to get worse. It's that little whisper from the universe going, hey, girl, you're not okay. And she's like, hey, girl, you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I know. I know I'm not okay. I know I'm not okay. And she's like, fuck, girl, you are not okay. And she like, totally. she will show up harder, faster, stronger until you wake up. Totally. Totally. And I think for me, the biggest piece was like for my husband to see me mm. break down that way. I've always been so stoic. He was mm. like. It's okay to not be okay. Like, this is, you. we need to fix this. Whatever mm-hmm. you need, you need to do that. But he was just like, who, like, he was just, to see me do that, A, took a lot of courage on my side of things, which I recognize. Absolutely. But I was like, oh, fuck. 
oh shit, if I'm not the mom, if I'm not the business owner, if I'm not all those things, those shoulds, mm-hmm. and I'm a, like a total hot mess that <laughs> like can't have my life together or mm-hmm. like without crying and just cracking open those wounds, I was, yeah, I think a big piece for me was just like, okay, you can't keep running. And I think if I look back on my life, that's what so much of it was. That's what the drugs mm-hmm. were doing. That's what the bodybuilding was doing. That's what the, like, even, like, binge eating or when I had anorexia, all of that was just, like, running and coping mm-hmm. from this crap of, like, I don't know if it was that I didn't think that I was enough, but I don't think I totally loved myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think mm-hmm. it was so much of it was like, I loved myself when. Uh-huh. I love you when you do this. So, I love you when you're an awesome mom. I love you, like, this is me having a conversation with myself. Like, I love you when right. you achieve that goal. I love you when, and now that I like look back and that in hindsight, I think that's what happens so often from parents. Then that's when recognition happens. I love you when you lost some weight. Yeah. I love you then. And that's and the you get difference. the A plus. Yeah. Right? And that's the difference between conditional and unconditional love. Totally. Your lo- love for yourself was a condition upon something. Totally. Whatever that is. And you've entered into this beautiful place of unconditional love. Totally. I love myself even when. Mm-hmm. Not when. Yes. Even when. Yes. Even when. I'm not 112 pounds on stage. Mm-hmm. I love myself even when I'm a shit-ass mom who let my kids watch TV all day. Mm-hmm. Right? I love myself even when, which is, it's a really beautiful shift to see from and in you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know what's so, and it's so funny as you even look back because I go like, like there's one triggering photo shoot I can think of after my last show. It was West Studios who I was shooting with. I was lean as fuck. I look at those pictures now. I even look at my entire life at that time, and I'm like, girl, the fact that you didn't think that you were shredded. Mm-hmm. Your wedding. Right? My wedding. Putting on my wedding dress, I was like, oh, you're not lean enough for today. When in hindsight, I look, I'm like, oh my god, girl, your shoulders were popping. You were so fucking lean. But in your brain, mm-hmm. it's body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, I did not feel enough. But at that shoot in particular, the photographer kept going like, you look amazing. You need to get out of your own head. And I could not shake that. Mm-hmm. So I also find it really interesting because even at that place, it was like, that wasn't good enough. Because I only loved myself when I was like five pounds less than that, which is like, also even more ridiculous. So you never actually arrive. No. You're always like chasing this next thing. A little bit more. A little bit more. A little totally, bit further. A little totally. bit further. So I think even the like work towards your goals, but also recognize that you can't wait for happiness, mm-hmm. joy, all of that needs to just be in your being even before you're there. Yes, you have the symptom. Yes, you have the thing that's dragging you down. But like regardless... Goals are kind of like fleeting. Even how you say like right now, like you recognize like, yeah, I could lose 10 pounds, but would I be fucking happy? You wouldn't. I wouldn't be happier. It would just be a different five pounds to lose or gain or whatever, right? Totally. Oh, I, okay. Now I'm here, but I really, I wish my arms were bigger. Oh, I wish that my collarbone showed more. Oh, like all of those little, mm-hmm. unless we choose I've arrived. Mm -hmm. I am here and I am now and I have goals. I'm going to continue to work towards them. That's good. That's great. Do that. Don't stop living your life. But happiness is not a moment away or 10 moments from now. It's Mm -hmm. here and now. 
And when we vibrate in that place, that joy, that gratitude, those things show up so easily because we are on that same level as them. We're not chasing them. We're not, they're not just out of reach. We're already there. And we recognize that, which is a really beautiful space when we just choose to be happy in the moment we're given doesn't mean we're not still moving. Doesn't mean we're not in motion towards our goals. It means even when I'm not there, I still unconditionally love who I am every single day. Totally, totally. And I would even say to kind of sidebar in relation to what you're saying, Ashley, it's like we're going to talk about those pillars. It's kind of like recognizing that, yes, you would love for all four of those pillars, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, and your physical. You'd love for them to be a castle every fucking day. You would love that. I have the best body, and my soul is never shaken, and my mindset is so clear, and my emotions are fucking brilliant. It's just not life. And that's just... And so how can you, you can work on all those areas without it being like, okay, they all need to be totally equivalent all of the time for me to then be mm-hmm. achieving bliss. And that's where it's, it's just not possible. Totally. Because we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live outside of the world. The world is still happening as we know it. We are still losing and loving people every single day. We are still experiencing different mindsets and different ideas and car accidents and different things happening. And so that's when that shift in those four things really happens. But there's a compensation too. If we are completely depleted, if one pillar is absolutely not even in focus, When those things, when those life storms, I like to call them, when life storm comes at you, you're going to tip. Whereas if you're kind of okay, if you're in a pretty good spot, if you can sort of focus along, keeping everything sort of close to steady, life storm isn't going to knock you down the same way that it will if you completely ignore what your soul is calling you for. Yeah, and I would even say it's like, I think so often people, they get into a place of like, it's either a 10 out of 10 or it's a 0 out of 10, especially when they look at the areas of their life. Mm -hmm. With their nutrition, what I see is like, I'm either all in, I'm crushing it, or I'm like all out, getting takeout, not caring at all, versus it's a dial. You know what? When you are not having shit hit the fan and you have something that you're working towards that's super important, you can be that 10 out of 10. But it's totally okay to be a 6 out of 10 and for that to be where you sit. It's just adjusting Mm -hmm. the dial based on what's going on in your world and what makes sense, right? Absolutely. And it's I think of when you say that, it's the difference between Monday morning and Sunday night. Mm -hmm. I was Sunday night binge eating. Mm -hmm. Not recently, but like previous in my like dieting. It'd be like Sunday night, I'm... I'm eating three bowls of cereal and six slices of toast. Like that was my thing. Cereal and toast for me, those were like the bad carb things. Totally been there. I get it. Right? Yeah. And it was like Sunday night, but tomorrow you just wait. Tomorrow but it needs I to be will gone. never eat a carb again. I am never doing this. I am completely on board. Right? And that's yes. the mindset of, so if it's zero and 10, you're only ever functioning at 50%. If you average those out, mm-hmm. you're only ever at 50%. That is barely a pass, Mm -hmm. barely a pass. And so, like you said, a six out of 10, if you can do six out of 10, six days a week, right? You are well into like a C going on B kind of thing, right? Like 
that's my old teacher brain thinking of like no A's worries. and B's and C's and D's, right? But you are, you're moving in the direction of that A, which is way more effective than that zero ten. Totally. Totally. And I think that's the biggest piece though. I think so many people haven't sat down to think like, how can it be okay for me to just do one workout this week? For me to just move my body one day out of seven mm-hmm. versus I'll start over next week. I'll start over tomorrow. I'll wait for the right timing because right now is not the right time. And then when I do, I'm going to do it every single day from that point on. Totally. Right? It's then I'm, that, totally, yeah. I'm totally committed. I'm all in. And I think it's just... Honestly, commit to less if you do more, fuck yeah. But commit to less sometimes. And I think that really helps for the people who are like in that all or nothing mentality. It is not realistic for you to eat a thousand calories and like live off of broccoli and chicken. And still be happy at all, right? Like we think, oh, I'll be happy when I'm skinny. You're going to be miserable trying to only eat a thousand calories because it's not feasible. Totally. And that's if the process sucks. Mm-hmm. you're not going to love the results. Totally. If you hate the process, you're not going to love the results. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And so if you can like the process or love it, ideally love it, but if you can like the process, it's not going to be so hard. And when you get there, you have something to celebrate. Absolutely. Uh, it's... <sighs> Changing people's lives is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I know. How is this our how is this our purpose in life? I just like my soul is on fire right now. I know. And I just yeah, that we get to inspire, change, see miracles happen. Like literally totally. literal miracles that I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but like those things happening and you just want to shout it from the rooftops. But you also can't even put it into words. A hundred percent. Like I, yours is more, I, yours feels more, I think more magical. Cause I think a lot of mine is maybe more so in, there might be some words or programming or game plan associated with it where yours seems a little bit more like magical from the standpoint of like, you just have to experience it and be here and do it for them to know what that healing and what that transformation looks like. But I think the piece of it that I always sit back and go like, oh my God, the woman that I met or talked to six months ago is like this totally different person. Like there's there's one person in particular that I'm thinking of and I have a coach that works for me. And when I told her how much weight this one girl had lost and like her amazing transformation, blah, 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 blah. I'm not from Wingham, so I don't know this person. So my coach was like, she was like, her? She did that? She's a baker at Tim Hortons, which is incredible. Oh but like, yeah. I didn't know she was a baker. <laughs> but like, she's made these massive, crazy changes to her life. Oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a totally different person. Different yeah. choices different everything and so when I think back to that and the shock value for the person that's I don't know maybe like never thought that person could do that Mm -hmm. thing I think it was just whoever it is that's listening to this it's just if you're willing to take that level of responsibility it's possible for you it's possible for me and it's possible for anybody that's listening to this like you can fucking do it you just have to be willing to go through the messy you have to be willing to work on all of it mm-hmm. and you have to just be at a place where you're like I will let go of anything that no longer is bringing me to the life that I want to so whether that's the junk that's the crap that's the clearing out that like okay girl 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's right? do it. That is a really key message, I think, in this is that I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm showing up and choosing yourself day in, day out um, and letting it be fucking messy. Holy cow. I was doing a workout the other day. I've convinced my husband to join me, which is also kind of like this really amazing. fun, amazing <laughs> journey, but also kind of hilarious because there's three kids downstairs in our messy basement, which, and you've seen it, it's a disaster. It's okay. But that's where all our workout gear is. And I'm trying to do like single leg hip thrusts. So I have my one leg up. I've got the band around my knees, keep sliding. I have my sports bra on, my like spannies, cams over, like sweating on the other side. And Coralie just comes and like lays her head on my chest, scooches over so her whole body is on top of me. And I'm like, how old is she again? She is 20 months. So just a year and a half, I guess. And Nolan's driving around on his Thomas the train and Felix is over. I don't even know what he's doing. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, I am getting a workout in. And usually I do it when Coralie's napping, but she wasn't fucking napping. So I'm like, doesn't matter. We're doing this. And so it's just a hot mess of a situation where there's toys everywhere. I have a child who's literally laying on me as I'm trying to hump the air. And <laughs> my husband is like grunting and groaning on the other side of the stairs. And I'm just like, this is what life. fitness and life, this is what it looks like. And so if I'm choosing it, if I'm choosing to show up and do this, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not that perfect sculpted body in the gym for 45 minutes exactly. And I must look a certain, no, this is like gong show extraordinaire on a Friday night. Like <laughs> so that's why I always laugh about like Instagram workout videos mm -hmm. and they like show it. And I'm like, oh. especially with COVID because we've all been home and like trying yeah. to exercise at home. We, our gym is now in our garage and like, when I was working out inside before we had that, like, Sully was all over me. But I've even found, like, if I'm out in the garage, it's like, they know. They know that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're just going to, Mommy, I really need a drink of water. You can pour your own water. <laughs> it's okay. I just need a little bit of time. And they yeah. are going to bug you. They are going to be like, oh, for sure. come on, come on. But it's also creating boundaries to be like, okay, you know what? These are my 30 minutes. This is my 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You may have a lot of in interruptions or distractions, but it's like not waiting for that. Oh, but when everybody is sleeping or not here, then I will exercise. Sure. Then I will make a good choice. Like, I think it's just choosing in those like moments of chaos. Like this is my chaotic beautiful life and it's all perspective and you could have been irritated you oh, I was irritated, right? I was like, like it was perspective Corey get off of me come on girl I'm trying to work out but it's more like this is funny it was so, uh, like, you're going for a ride when I when I stepped outside of it I'm just like this is friggin ridiculous the the, the workout took 53 minutes <laughs> and I'm like that was the beauty of it right it was supposed to be like a 30-minute a workout and it took an extra 23 minutes and I just like this was so funny. But we did it. I think it's also great. We did it as a family. Totally. Like, we're just sweating and doing the grind. There's a mess everywhere. But, like, yeah. eh, we're all down here together, right? So it was just, it was perspective. It was shifting that to recognizing the funny in it, mostly. We're just yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I, yeah, uh, I just had a side thought. 
Does Corey ever take her diaper off? Oh my gosh, yes. So our kids are, our youngest, are, well our oldest are the same age too, right. but our youngest are also close to the same age. But mine is in this ridiculous <laughs> stage. I have no idea how he got it off inside of his sleep sack. Oh no! He did and then he had a poop. Oh no! I don't know. I know. Not oh, good. Yeah. But that's like the, that's the current thing that I'm like, okay, it, it happens and it's like not freaking out about it. So I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest piece is like, yeah, it's like, can you take something that would naturally make you go, ah, not today. Yeah. We can't deal with you today. And just be yeah. like, that's funny. You are very, you, you must have persevered. You must have persevered to get yourself, to get the freaking diaper off inside of your sleep Amazing. sack, right? So it's like, can you take these crazy moments from our mm-hmm. children and recognize it as like perseverance, determination, sure. like resiliency, whatever that is, versus being like, oh man, that really made a lot more work for me, you know? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, I see that. Do you have have a moment of that? I do. And it's when we step outside of kind of what's going on. And like if if you were to think about if it was happening to you or if you were to think about if it was happening to me. Like I'm laughing thinking, oh my God, I can totally picture Sully doing that. I can totally picture you being like, and then be like, this is kind of awesome. Like good on you. Disgusting. Disgusting. I'm going to do this, but breathe through. I can just picture like the deep breath being like, Okay. Perseverance. We're doing it. Okay. We're doing it. Right? And Throw you in the tub. And away we go. Oh, yeah. And I would say, so Felix is big into experiments right now. So How he old wants, is Felix again? He's five. Okay. And so he wants to pull out, it's water and food coloring right now. So mm. he's got like 10 dishes on the island and he's got different colors happening in all of them. He went and he got straws and he created pipelines. I'm like, okay, girl. This is going to be and is a giant disaster. Mm-hmm. But the creativity behind all of this, I can't get in the way of this. I just have to let the mess happen. I have to let this water spill all over him, ruin his clothes. Cool. I just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then, of course, Nolan, my three-year-old, wants to get right in there too. And I'm like, oh, God, this is for sure not going to be good, right? But yeah. it's that stepping back from it and just being like, okay, this is going to be a mess. But I love the space, the creative space you're in, versus thinking about it from my perspective, like, oh my god! So we're gonna need to have four new, four new outfits just here now. We're gonna go through sixteen tea towels. We're going to use up all of the food coloring, all of it. <laughs> They're just at that stage, though, like all of all, all of everything, right? Right. And I think really just approaching it from that outside perspective of like, okay. Me aside, what's happening here? <laughs> right? The shit storm that you were in. You aside, Sully didn't care. So in a great spot. I'm sure, he was like, I'm sure he was like proud of us. <laughs> right? I did it. Even out in the free air. But yeah. Carly is very much in that diapers off. We she is either no diaper mm-hmm. or a diaper and she must have pants on. Mm-hmm. She can't even wear a dress right now because she just rips her diaper off. That was really funny. Yeah, yeah they must just be at that stage. Funny stuff, funny mm-hmm. stuff. We are coming up in an hour, babe. I feel like this oh is goodness. good for our first oh. intro episode. What do you think? I love it. This has been the, the perfect amount of soul searching, diving in, totally. taster. Oh I'm, my God. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, I love wonderful. it. 
Yeah, I'd love. So yeah, guys, we are so pumped to be able to do this show with you guys. We hope you'll tune in with us every week yes. to listen to the episode. We cannot wait. And you guys are going to get a little bit of spirituality, a little bit of mental growth, emotional growth, and physical growth as we teach you guys how to transform your lives. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks so much. <laughs>